0: listening to the weekly sermon from Antioch East Baptist Church located in Magnolia, Arkansas. For more information about our faith and local congregation, visit antiocheast.com. I want you to turn to Romans chapter 4 as we continue in our study of the book of Romans. He has explained the gospel. He explained for three chapters how we're all in need of the gospel. That we're all sinners. We've all sinned against God. And then how that God saves us and how he imputes to us. And you'll hear that word a lot today. His righteousness to us by faith. And that is going to continue to be the drumbeat of this book. Even when it gets off on other subjects explaining other things... The point of Romans is that men are made righteous by faith. And the righteousness that gets you to heaven is not your righteousness. It is God's righteousness given to you. That's why you can't lose your salvation. Well, chapter 4 basically gets to the illustrations of faith and chapter 5 gives to, gets to the ramifications of faith or the gospel, if you would. So let's read together. What then shall we say that Abraham our father has found according to the flesh? For if Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about, but not before God. And what does the scriptures say? Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Now to him who works, the wages are not counted as grace, but as debt. But to him who does not work but believes on him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is accounted for righteousness. <laughs> Just as David also declared the blessedness of the man to whom God imputes righteousness apart from works. Blessed are those whose lawless deeds are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord shall not shall not impute sin does this blessedness then come upon the circumcision only or upon the uncircumcised also for we say that faith was accounted to Abraham for righteousness how then was it accounted while he was circumcised or uncircumcised not while circumcised but while uncircumcised And he received the sign of circumcision, a seal of righteousness of the faith which he had while still uncircumcised, that he might be the father of all those who believe, though they are uncircumcised, that righteousness might be imputed to them also. And the father of circumcision to those who who not only are of the circumcision, but who also walk in the steps of the faith which our father Abraham had while still uncircumcised. Verse 13, For the promise that he would be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. We'll stop there today. The title of our message is Our Forefather of Faith. Paul uses Abraham because he's the ultimate illustration He's the father of the Jewish nation. He is the one God chose to be the progenitor of the chosen people of God, the Israelites. Paul shows this gospel is not a new doctrine, but the same doctrine that has been taught from the beginning. The Jews and those who were Jewish proselytes must have been very confused, wondering at this new message. Why did God call out a chosen people? Why did God give a law? Why did God have a temple or in a tabernacle? Why did he do all this if, if you're not saved by it? And Paul has already done a great job of showing that it was to prove to you that you can't be saved. But that surely they were asking. So as he has done, he uses questions to instigate his explanation. He first asks, what has Abraham found? Now, what does that phrase mean? Well, it simply means, how did Abraham find salvation? What about him? Well, he says, basically, as I'm going to explain to you, he was saved just the way you are, by believing God. If Abraham is the consummate forefather, we should look to him on these matters. What shall we say that Abraham, our father, has found according to the flesh? Now, that sounds like it means, what did he find with his flesh? Actually, the King James Version at this point is a better translation. Listen to what it says. What shall we say then that Abraham our father, comma, as pertaining to the flesh, hath found? And the Homan Christian Standard Bible does even a better job. Listen to what it says. What then can we say that Abraham, comma, our physical ancestor, has found? That's it. So what it's talking here now, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be a bad thing to say what has he found in the flesh because the answer would be what? Nothing. He found nothing in the flesh. But what it's saying is what did our forefather Abraham find? Abraham's lineage is more spiritual than biological. That the promises God gave, although I believe they're physical, I believe God has promised them a physical, material, land, and all those things that has not yet happened but will one day, although the more important thing, as we discussed in our Sunday school, is the spiritual promises he made to Abraham. The spiritual promises. Paul argues against three ways we may think that Abraham was saved. Three ways that the Jews would probably try to say that they were saved and that Abraham was saved. Number one, they asked the question, was Abraham saved by good deeds? Number two, was Abraham saved by circumcision, the sign of circumcision? And number three, which we will not for sure get to today, but later, was Abraham saved by keeping the law? Okay? And there's a difference between good deeds and keeping the law, and we'll see that. So number one, here we go. Number one. Was Abraham saved by good deeds? Look at verse 1. What then shall we say that Abraham's father is found according to flesh? Verse 2. For if Abraham was justified by works, if he was justified by good deeds, by works, he has something to boast about, but not before God. For what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God and that was accounted to him for righteousness. Now to him who works, the wages are not counted as grace, but debt. But to him who does not work, but believes on him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is accounted for righteousness. And David said the same thing, verse 6 says. He describes the blessedness of the man to whom God imputes righteousness apart from works. And he quotes him. Blessed are those whose lawless deeds are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord shall not impute sin. There's the scriptures we're looking at at this point was Abraham saved by good deeds. Abraham, number one, I want you to know that Abraham boasted in God. As a matter of fact, Abraham boasted in God and he showed this through, number one, worship. Genesis 12. Genesis 12. Let me me read that to you real quick. Genesis 12, verse 7. This is after God calls, and we'll go back to verse 1 in a minute, but he just called Abraham out of the land of Ur. And and so look at verse 7. And the Lord appeared to Abraham and said to him, this is after he left everything he had, he did what God said and he left and he went out not knowing where he was going. And so God came and appeared to him again and said, to your descendants I will give this land. And there he built an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. He worshipped him. He worshipped him. He didn't do this. That's right, buddy. He worshipped him. He took all day and all night, maybe it was, to build altars. It took like that. It took that. And then he sacrificed on it, giving worship and praise to the God that had called him out and spoke to him. Then look down in verse 8, and he moved from there. So he moved again to the mountain east of Bethel and he pitched his tent with, the, with Bethel on the west, uh, west and Ai on the east and there again he built an altar to the Lord and called on the name of the Lord. He worshiped, he worshiped. Look at chapter 13 verse 3. And he went on his journey from the south as far as Bethel to the place where his tent had been at the beginning and between Bethel and Ai to the place of the altar which he had made there at first. And there Abraham once again called on the name of the Lord. Look over down at verse 18. Then Abraham moved his tent and went and dwelt by the terebinth trees of Mamre which were which are in Hebron and he built an altar there to the Lord. Did Abraham boast in himself? No, because Abraham knew he had nothing to boast within himself about. He showed it through worship, but number 2, he showed it through obedience. Obedience. I'm not going to read it right now, but verses 1, 2, and 3. This God, whom I know Abraham had heard of, we'll get to that in a minute, just appeared to him somehow and said to him, Abraham, get up out of your father's house and leave and go to a land that I will give you. And you know what Abraham did? He got up and he left. Abraham had faith. A lot of people want to complain about Abraham's faith. Well, you know, he had an affair with Hagar, trying, and he did this. No, my friend, let me tell you something. He, he didn't have a lack of faith. He just had a lack of patience. He believed God was going to give him a son. He just was trying to help God. But he never wavered in believing that God was going to give him an heir and make great nations out of him. So Abraham boasted in God and he showed it through worship and he showed it through obedience. But B, in our outline, Abraham not only boasted in God, he believed God. Listen to Romans 4 verse 3. And what does the scripture say? Quote, Abraham believed God and it was accounted. It was given to him. It was just put on him for righteousness. This is a quotation of Genesis 15, 6 that says, And he believed in the Lord, and he accounted it to him for righteousness. Nearly word for word. Nearly word for word. He believed, number one, he believed in the character of God. What do you mean by that? Look, everybody turn to Genesis chapter 12. I've already covered it, but we're going to cover it again. Chapter 12 verse 1 it says now the Lord had the Lord had said to Abram get out of your country from your family to a land that I will show you I will make you a great nation I will bless you I will make your name great and you shall be a blessing I will bless those that bless you and I will curse those who curse you and and in you all the families of the earth will be blessed so Abraham departed as the Lord had spoken to him What does that mean that means he he trusted in, he relied on, he clung to the character of this God he had never met. Now, we'll get to it in a minute, but he, he heard of him. Look over at chapter 15. verse 1 after these things the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision saying do not be afraid Abraham I am your shield your exceeding great reward and you know what Abraham did he believed that God was trustworthy he trusted in him he relied upon him he clung to that's what I'm trying to get you to do today to cling to the cross to trust in the cross to rely upon the cross to believe in the cross to take away your sin Abraham heard the message of God and he believed it. Number two, he believed in his covenant. He believed he was a God that could do what he said he could do. And he believed he was a God that would do what he said he would do. Genesis 13, 14, And the Lord said to Abram, After Lot had separated from him, Lift your eyes now and look from the place where you are, northward, southward, eastward, westward. All the land which you see I give to you and your descendants forever. And I will make your descendants as the dust of the earth, so that if a man could number the dust of the earth, then your descendants also could be numbered. Arise, walk in the land through its length and its breadth, its width, for I give it to you. Then Abram moved his tent and went and dwelt by the terebinth trees of memory, which are in Hebrew. And he built an altar there to the Lord. You know what Abraham was saying? I believe you. I believe you. Look at chapter 15, verse 4. This is God's covenant with Abraham. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, saying, This one shall not be your heir, but one who will come from your own body shall be your heir. Then he brought him outside and said, Look now toward the heaven and count the stars, if you are able to number them. And he said to him, you shall, So shall your descendants be, Abraham. I'm talking about the ones from you and Sarah. And, and he believed in the Lord. And he accounted it to him for righteousness. He saved him. He justified him. He washed him. Then he said to him, I am the Lord that brought you out of, the, of Ur of the Chaldeas uh, to give you this land to inherit. And he said, Lord God, how shall I know that I will inherit it? And so he said to him, bring me a three-year-old heifer. Now listen, bring me a three-year-old heifer, a cow, a young cow, a three-year-old female goat. A three-year-old ram, a turtle dove, and a young pigeon. Then he brought all these to him, now listen, and cut them in two. Down the middle and placed each piece opposite the other, but he did not cut the birds in two, he just killed the birds. These are sacrifices. And he cuts them in two, it's called cutting a covenant. Okay? And what's going to happen is, when you make this cutting of the covenant, you lay all the pieces, bloody awful mess on on two rows and the two people that make the covenant together, I'll do this, if you'll do this, you do this and I'll do this and we'll do this and they walk through the pieces of this bloody mess between the guts and the blood and the bone and the fur and the wings and the feathers. And in so doing, what you're saying is, if I break this covenant, may I, Be like one of these, mutilated, killed, and destroyed. It's called cutting a covenant. So let's keep reading. And then both of them passed through it. Verse 11, And when the vultures came down on the carcasses, Abraham drove them away. Now, when the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell upon Abram, and behold, horror and great darkness fell upon him. Listen to that. Horror and great darkness fell upon him. Then he said to Abram, no, Know certainly that your descendants will be strangers in a land that is not theirs, Egypt, and will serve them and they will afflict them 400 years. That's exactly what happened, by the way. And also the nation whom they serve, I will judge afterward. They shall come out with great possessions. That's exactly what happened. Now as you and you shall go to your fathers in peace and you shall be buried at a good old age, but in the fourth generation they shall return here for the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet complete. A lot of history there, but I don't have time to explain. And it came to pass when the sun went down and it was dark. Now listen, that behold, there appeared a smoking oven and a burning torch that passed between these pieces. On the same day the Lord made a covenant with Abraham saying to your descendants, I have given this land from the river of Egypt to the great river, the river Euphrates. And you say, Brother Ron, why are you so emotional at reading this? Because my friend, if you'll notice, this is the same covenant that has been made with me and you. And I want you to notice that when the covenant was made and the animals were cut, that there was only one person that went through the pieces and it was God, not Abraham. God said, I'm taking all of this on myself and God walked through the pieces. This, my friend, was not a covenant of works. It is a covenant of grace. Abraham, you stay there and you sleep. You sleep the sleep of peace and I'll take the covenant all upon myself. And he accepted it. But number three, he believed his calendar. Hebrews eleven eight says, By faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place which he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. He just believed. By faith he dwelt in the land of promise as in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob and their heirs with him of the same promise, with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise, and he waited for a city which has foundations whose builder and maker is God. And look at verse 13. These all died in faith he lists a bunch of people of faith, but Abraham and Sarah were the main ones in this story. Not having received the promises, Abraham never saw any of those promises that God had made to him. But having seen them afar off, they were assured of them, embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on this whole earth. Is that not you? Is that not me? This world is not my home. I'm just passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. And angels beckon me from heaven's open door. And I just can't feel at home in this old world anymore. And I can sing that song because my God cut a covenant on a cross way long ago. And he walked that Via Dolorosa all by Himself. He walked the Calvary Road all by himself. He laid upon that cross all by himself. He took the nails all by himself. He took the thorns all by himself. I was guilty with nothing to say. And they were coming to take me away. But then a voice from heaven was heard that said, Let him go and you take me instead. And I should have been crucified. I should have suffered and died I should have hung on the cross in disgrace but Jesus God's son took my place Amen. Amen. he said, well, brother on what do you have to do? believe Amen. trust in rely on and cling to that bloody cross till I die Abraham believed his covenant. He believed his character, he believed his covenant, and he believed his calendar because Abraham believed God. But thirdly, Abraham was born of God. <laughs> Abraham was born of God. You said, Brother Ron, where do you see that? Well, look, it's right there in black and white. Look at verse 3. For what does the scripture say? That's what we will know. The scriptures say that Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. What does verse 5 say? But to him who does not work but believes on him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is accounted for righteousness. I tell you how I know Abraham was born of God. Because God gave him his righteousness. And when Abraham appeared before God or appears before God before judgment day, And must give an account of why in the world Abraham you sinner You adulterer, you liar We know Abraham was all those He was before God called him An idolater Abraham why in the world Should I let you into this place Because of your own word God You said if I would believe in you You would accept me And I believed in you And you gave me the righteousness required to get in this place. Amen. Not only was he accounted righteous by faith, secondly, he was announced righteous by God. <laughs> now I want to tell you something. If you take me to heaven with you and I walk up to the pearly gates with you, all right, and the doors open and I said, well, I'm here to speak on his behalf. He's a good old boy. You ought to let him in. I say he's a good guy and God will look at you and say, well, You're not. You're not a good guy. I don't let anybody in this place on the word of sinners. For if Abraham was, what's that word? Justified. For if Abraham was justified by works, he would have something to boast about, but not before God. For what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Now verse five, but to him who does not work but believes on him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is accounted. i tell you how I know that Abraham was born of God. He was justified by God. And y'all know I love that word. You know what that word means? It means announced or declared by God, that you're not guilty. Number four, Abraham is backed up by David. He's backed up by David. What do I mean by that? Verses 6 through 8 has that little deal about David. It's actually still about Abraham, but he kind of gets some background. He says, you know, it's what David said. Verse 7 and 8 are a quotation from Psalm 32, 1 and 2, basically says the same thing. But look at this. People do, in these verses... Over here in chapter 4, verse 7. Blessed are those whose lawless deeds are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Let me tell you, people do lawless deeds. How many have ever lied? Everybody's hands not up, guess what you just did? Now, I'm not going to keep going through the Ten Commandments because some of them get pretty embarrassing. But I guarantee you, I can prove everybody in this building has broken every one of them. If you haven't broken it with your hands or your feet, You've broken it in your heart and your mind. Amen? We're all guilty before God. Isn't that right, brother? We're all guilty before God. We've all broken His deeds. All men do lawless deeds. Let me tell you the second thing. People sin. People sin. But I've got news. Look, let's keep reading. What's the next verse? Blessed is men man whose lawless deeds are forgiven... And whose sins are covered? Blessed is a man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. I, I have lawless deeds. I have sinned, but God forgives. God pardons. And God covers. My friend, he doesn't just forgive you and say, oh, well, bless your heart, just come on in, we'll just overlook your sin. No, my friend, he paid for them on his cross. He covered. How did he cover? That's a reference to the mercy seat where the blood was spilled upon the mercy seat. It's a reference to the sacrificial death of Jesus Christ in your place, in my place. Instead of imputing, by the way, this word's all through it. I'm going to get to it eventually, but all through it. Let me see. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, uh, in this chapter, eight, nine, ten times it uses the word account or impute. It's the same Greek word, account, impute. It's, 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 uh, It's actually a legal term, but it's a financial term. I go down here to the bank every week or every other week. Brother Jeff gives me a check that is supplied by this church for doing what I'm doing this morning and other things. And I take that check and I sign it and, uh, and I go down and I give it to Miss Debbie or one of the ladies down there at the bank. And I say, here is my money I made and the church promises by this note to, to send the money over here to you. And they take it and they put it to my account. And so I look online on my little sheet. We can do it online now. And it says that you have $5 more in your bank account. Uh, it's much more than that. but yeah. You have more. In it. And it makes me feel good for a little bit. And then we go to Walmart. But anyway. <laughs> and you know what happens at Walmart? They start taking it out of my account. Start taking it out. Well, there's an account... There's an account in heaven. And it's not money. It's not. It's it's sin, and it's righteousness. And righteousness must be in your account. Right. Enough righteousness to cover the standard that God has made. But when we open your books and your accounts, it's all Walmart. It's all uh, money going out you don't have anything imputed, everything in your account is outgoing and you owe you owe, you owe you owe and you will never be able to put enough in that account to cover the cost and God sent a son to die in your place And in so doing, imputed to your account not just any righteousness, the righteousness of God, which covers every sin. We'll see in a little bit in Romans, the Bible says, where sin abounds, his grace doth much more abound. And my account is full of righteousness. But I don't boast in Ron Owen. I boast in God. How about your account? How about your account?